If you have your Bibles this uh, evening, almost did it, uh, would you turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18? Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. Uh, this is our key scripture at Crosspoint, a scripture that God gave us uh, uh, talking about the cross and, and uh, the, the power of it and the message of it. So 1 Corinthians 1.18, I'm going to read it from the NIV. You can follow along in whatever translation you have, or uh, we'll also have it up on the screen. The Bible says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. One more time. One more time. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved... It is the power of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for sending Jesus to die on that cross. But Lord, we also thank you that that cross today is empty. That cross is empty because we know that Sunday's on the way. We know, Lord, that you rose and that you are here today and that you are moving and that you are changing lives. And so, Father... We thank you for your great sacrifice, and we thank you for the lives that you are still touching today through the power and the message of the cross. In Jesus' name, God's people said, Amen. Amen. Well, God's word tells us that from the very moment of creation leading uh, leading up to the cross, there has been a story that God has been formulating, something that from the beginning of time God laid out for us. In fact, if you follow what some would call the scarlet thread, the blood of Jesus being shed on the cross was foreshadowed in the Old Testament. This can be seen in a big way during the first Passover. In the book of Exodus, we know that Moses was instructed to put the blood on the upper and on the side posts of every Jewish home so that the death angel would pass over and not touch their homes. And this was a picture of what the blood of Jesus would one day do for you and I. And so the shedding of blood and what would happen on the cross was a part of God's eternal plan from the very beginning. And every moment since then has been lived in light of Jesus' death and resurrection. Max Lucado wrote, The cross rests on the timeline of history. Like a compelling diamond, its tragedy summons all sufferers, its absurdity attracts all cynics, and its hope lures all searchers. History has idolized it and despised it, gold-plated it and burned it, worn it and trashed it. History has done everything to it but ignore it. See, no one can ignore the cross. That's the one option that the cross does not offer. And so no matter what people think of the cross of Christ, good, bad, or indifferent, the cross is powerful and it's here to stay. And the cross of Christ will always have an impact in this world. Listen, all that being said, the message of the cross seems to be full of contradictions. Some say that the cross is strictly a place of death, while others say that it's a place of life. And so which one is it, Pastor Freddie? It's both. See, out of death comes life. You can't have resurrection without a crucifixion. In order to live, we must die. 
Jesus paid a, he paid a great price so that you and I could live today. And that's part of the reason that we actually do communion as a church to remember the great sacrifice that was made by Jesus Christ on the, on the cross to pay for our salvation and to remember that he's coming back very soon. Philippians 2, 6 through 8 says, Though he was God, he, speaking of Jesus, did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he, speaking of Jesus, gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death where? On a cross. See, at the cross, Christ completely surrendered to the will of the Father. Jesus became obedient to death. And the death of Christ is the most important matter for us and for all mankind because it's through the Christ's death on that cross that you and I can be saved today. And so for a few moments, I want us to consider the power of the, that the power of the cross has come through suffering and the shedding of our Savior's blood, and it's definitely not something for us to take lightly. In fact, a, a medical examiner spent many years studying the crucifixion of Christ. He said that if a death certificate had been issued today for Christ's death, it would read cardiac and respiratory arrest due to severe pulmonary edema, due to cardiotic, cardio, cardiogenic shock, traumatic and hypovolemic shock due to crucifixion. Try saying that fast several times. Listen, if, how many of you have seen The Passion of the Christ? If you've ever seen The Passion of the Christ movie, that's the mental image I get when I read those words. In, en in essence, the, the power of the cross came through the passion of the Christ. That's how much Jesus loved us. That same medical examiner wrote that after Christ suffered intense um, mental fatigue in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was beaten with a whip of leather tails that actually had small weights uh, of metal and, and bone. And so Jesus was reduced to a bleeding, mangled mess of welts and swelling in traumatic, in traumatic shock, no longer able to stand and craving water. He later was beaten with reeds and was forced to wear a crown of thorns. And while he was carrying his cross, he suffered severe loss of bodily fluids in the extreme midday heat. Truth of the matter is that Jesus suffered a horrible, horrible, awful death on the cross. The physical pain and, and the agony had to be tremendous and horrifying, worse than anything you and I could ever imagine. And yet, you and I know, we know, that he did it willingly. Hebrews 2.9 says that Jesus tasted death for us. But it was more than just physical death. Revelation 20 verses 14 through 15 speaks of a second death, which is separation from God. And that's really what death is. It's a separation. The first death is a separation of the spirit from this earthly body. The second death is a separation of the human spirit from God. I believe that when Jesus died on the cross, for a short time, he suffered separation from God the Father. Which is why we hear him say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? See, on the cross, Jesus suffered great agony and torment, but he also bore the sins of the world upon himself. So my sins and your sins 
were actually laid upon him. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be an offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. And so Jesus, he's the source, the very source of our salvation. He's the one that made us right before God. And because Jesus died on the cross, today you and I can have new life. Colossians 1, 19 and 20 says, For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. And so our sins separated us from God. It actually put us at odds with him. But Jesus shed his blood on the cross, and as a result, we can be at peace with God today. See, in the Old Testament, the blood of thousands, perhaps even millions of, of bulls and goats and calves was offered as a sacrifice for man's sin to cover sin. But on the cross, it only took the blood of Jesus to secure the forgiveness of sin for all mankind. And Now, listen, that sin, that sin is now cleansed and not just covered Again, that shows us the power of the cross. So as a result of the passion, the torment, the agony that Jesus went through for you and I, the cross is a place of life where you and I can experience many blessings today. I want to mention just a few of those. If you want to write them down, great. If not, we'll go right through them. Number one, at the cross, you and I can experience hope tonight. At the cross, we can experience hope. Say hope. See, hope is largely diminishing in our world today. In fact, we're living in a day where people's financial well-being is being challenged, uh, and it is challenging whatever little hope they may have. And you listen to some people talk, and, and it's easy to believe that some people have lost hope. But as we come to the cross, Christ gives us hope. He gives us new life. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promises. He's a promise keeper. 1 Timothy 4.10 says, This is why we work hard and continue to struggle, for our hope is in the living God who is the Savior of all people and particularly all believers. 1 Peter 1.21 says, Through Christ you have come to trust in God, and you have placed your faith and hope in God because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. Listen, our hope and assurance rest on, at, the, at the empty cross with our risen Savior, and because, Jesus, and because of Jesus, there is power in the cross. Number two, at the cross, you and I can experience grace that forgives. Huh? Anybody thankful for the grace of God? Yes. Romans 5.15 says, But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin, sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through to many through this, uh, through, through this other man, Jesus Christ, Ephesians 1, 7 says, he is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave all of our sins. Thank God for his grace. Listen, I love new beginnings. Anybody love a fresh start? 
I love to hear stories about people getting a fresh start back in the day. I know we're into this technology age uh, right now, but I'm about to date my myself. I, I used to love a good old Etch-a-Sketch. If you go on YouTube right now, there are some amazing artists that can do some awesome stuff with an Etch-a-Sketch, right? And, and the cool thing that I like about an Etch-a-Sketch is because I could be doing really good. You got to know your lefts and your rights and how you're moving and how you're operating this thing. But if you're not thinking or if you're distracted, all of a sudden, what can happen? Go all of a sudden all over the place in the wrong direction. You can mess it all up. But what can you do with an Etch-a-Sketch? Turn it, flip it, shake it, and do what? Start all over again. Because of the grace and the mercy of God, you and I can start all over again. Number three, at the cross, you can experience boldness. Acts 4.13 says the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men. And this is the key. Listen to this. This is the key. Men who had been with Jesus. Listen. You can just throw out every degree. You can throw out every bit of training because at the end of the day, it is those who have spent time and have been with Jesus and who have sensed his power and who have sensed his anointing on their lives that are changed forevermore. And that will amount to everything in the end. He's the one that gives us boldness. Listen, I wish I had a recording of the first time I was asked to do public speaking. If you had told me back then that I could do this today, I would say, you are lying. You are a liar. I, I about fainted my first uh, break from, from Bible college. We got a couple Bible college students back there. Listen, uh, my pastor invited me up, and I almost lost it. I did the lock of the knees thing. I was quivering. But the Holy Ghost, he gives boldness. God gives boldness. At the cross, you can experience boldness. Ephesians 3.12 says, Because of Christ and our faith in Him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. There was a time when I thought somebody had to go for me. There was a time that, that I thought, I, I'm not good enough. I can't pray on my own. Somebody's got to do that for me. Listen, because of the cross and because of Jesus, you and I can come boldly into the throne room of grace today. Jesus died and rose again, but he didn't leave us all alone. He gave us his Holy Spirit to help us to be bold as we serve him. Again, that's a great reminder that because of Jesus, you and I can experience the power of the cross. Number four, at the cross, you can experience purpose in life. Purpose in life. Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are God's masterpiece. You are a masterpiece tonight. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, and so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. John 10.10 10 says, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and a satisfying life. One translation says he wants to give us life, life, and more life. There is life in Jesus Christ. There is purpose in this life through Jesus Christ, and it's because of the cross. 
because of the power of the cross, when we come to Jesus, we can experience purpose in life. And God has a great purpose for each and every one of us. And a big part of the fun is trying to figure out what it is for ourselves. Amen. I say fun. Some of you are like, it's been years. I've been trying to figure it out. Don't quit. He's got a purpose for your life. Pursue it. Finally, number five, at the cross, you can experience life that overcomes death. And some of you are sitting here tonight and you've lost a loved one. Even as anniversaries and birthdays and times roll by, you think of those that have passed on and, and it hurts to lose someone, doesn't it? Even if you're a believer here and you ha had known them to walk with Christ and to be a believer, there is that hope that we have that because they knew Christ, one day we will see them again. And, and in, that, in that case, death did not win. But we miss them, don't we? 1 Corinthians 15, 53 to 57 says, For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. And then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, 1 Peter 1, 3 to, 3 to 5, in the Message Bible, you're going to want to write this one down. Check it out on your own in the Message Bible, 1 Peter 1, 3 through 5. This is what the Message Bible says. What a God we have. How fortunate we are to have him. This father of our master Jesus because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for, including a future in heaven and a future that starts now. God is keeping careful watch over us and the future. See, the day is coming when you'll have it all. Life healed and whole. She was only a tiny little girl, not used to traveling. It happened that in the course of the day, her train crossed over uh, two rivers and several wide streams. The water, it awakened doubts and fears in this little child. She did not understand how it could be safe to cross. And as they drew near the river, however, she saw a bridge across the body of water. Two or three times the same thing happened. Finally, the child leaned back and relaxed. Somebody put bridges in all the way for us. She sighed in relief. Listen, the death of Jesus Christ on the cross made a bridge for us all the way to heaven. Christ's death is what bridges the gap between man and God, between man's sinfulness and God's holiness. There is no way that any human being can approach God or stand in his presence on his own merit. No one has the right. No one has the ability. No one has the power. Christ's death on the cross made it possible for us to experience life, life, and more life. 
That's the power of the cross. See, on that first Good Friday, the disciples, they, they doubted that power. They saw their master hanging on that cross and, and thought it was over. And then Jesus was buried. So others thought that this was goodbye. But you need not say goodbye. You need not say goodbye. You need not say goodbye. The people will shout my name. Pilate will tell them there's nothing I've done to deserve this, but they will refuse. Pilate will stand me beside Barabbas, a murderer, and they will choose him over me. Pilate will appeal to the priest, insist on simply whipping me to appease their fury, but they will shout it louder, crucify, crucify. But still, you need not say goodbye. My hands will be tied to a post. The sound of the whip will ring in your ears and in your chest. The soldiers will peel the skin off my back. A ring of thorny branches will be pressed into my scalp until the blood runs into my eyes. Oh, but listen. You need not say goodbye. I will carry that cross. I will go to the place of the skull and there they will drive the iron stakes between the bones in my wrist with a hammer that will nail my feet into the tree. I will be raised up as the world waits for me to die. Nevertheless, you need not say goodbye. Between two thieves I will hang. You may hear me speaking to my father your father. You may hear me ask him, why? But child, you need not say goodbye. What you won't see, what you won't hear, what you won't know until all of this is done is that in that moment, I was paying the penalty of your wrongdoing, every wrongdoing, every mistake, Every act of envy, every word of hatred, every moment of violence and greed and spite, every selfish desire, every lustful thought, every moment of weakness and weariness, all the failures of human history will be in my hands and on my head. On that cross, I will suffer the wrath that was destined for you. Every guilty verdict fallen on me, your punishment will be paid for in my blood and it will be enough. I will die on your cross. I will let out a final sigh. Know that I have loved you, and you need not say goodbye. But if you must, if you absolutely must say the word goodbye, then say it like this. Goodbye fear. Goodbye sorrow. Goodbye rejection. 
goodbye shame. Say it like this. Goodbye guilt. Goodbye condemnation. Goodbye all the regrets of the past. Look up at the cross and speak the words. Goodbye addiction. Goodbye chains. Goodbye hopelessness. Right here in this place, say it aloud. Goodbye captivity. Hello freedom. Goodbye loneliness. Hello belonging. Goodbye defeat. Hello victory. This is the end of the curse. This is the demise of the serpent. This is all debts paid. This is, it is finished. Goodbye all the powers of hell. Goodbye darkness. Goodbye dread. Goodbye every sin. Go ahead and say it. Goodbye death. Speak, be free, but don't say goodbye to me. Yes, you'll see them put the spear in my side, but remember, it's only Friday, so you need not say goodbye. Thank you, Jesus. So the cross is empty because Jesus is alive. Many of us know this firsthand because he lives in our hearts. The cross is a place of death because Jesus shed his blood, hung on that cross, suffered for our sins on that cross. But because Jesus gave his life and rose again, the cross has become a place of life where we can come and experience all the blessings that God has for us. That's the power of the cross. Let's stand and pray. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for the worship. We thank you for our time of communion. We thank you for our time in your holy word. But Lord, none of this, None of this matters, Lord, if we don't take it to heart. None of this matters if we don't apply it to ourselves, to our situations, to our communities, to where we are today. And so like I said, some of us, we know the power of the cross. We know that this message of the cross that we have believed, we know the Savior intimately. But Lord, there are others who have heard of him. There are others who just visit him from time to time. Others who have been distant. Maybe at one time as a child we knew him a little. But today we are far from him. And so Lord, to those I speak life. Today, to those I speak an opportunity for second chance. For new beginnings. For hope. For life, life, and more life by one choice. A choice to believe in the power of the cross that it's for us here today. 
And so, Lord, I pray that you would deal with hearts. I pray that you would lead them to the cross. Lord, you, you've given us our mission. We exist to lead people to the cross so that Jesus Christ becomes the center of their lives. If you're here tonight and you lack hope or you're broken, your family's going through hard situations, you've got baggage in your life, lay it at the foot of the cross. Jesus is the answer. He can touch you. He can save you. He can turn it around all today if you'll just say yes to Jesus. Say yes to Jesus. Father, touch every life. Help us, Lord, to make that decision for ourselves. And Lord, when we do, help us to tell people, to let everyone know we're not the same person we used to be. We're a new creation in Christ. There is power in the message of the cross. It changes us today. In Jesus' name, God's people said, Amen. Amen.